Hey, this is Robin Shelby, Slimer from Ghostbusters 2 and Lady Slimer from Ghostbusters 2016. And you are listening to Canned Air Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today to talk about The Eventide, Snow Chronicles, a new uh, graphic novel coming out February 22nd that further expands their comic universe. Uh, we welcome Nick Good, Harry Hughes, and Luke Barnes. Thanks for being with us, guys. Cheers, Thanks, We have a good show for you today at our retro roundtable. We're going to be talking about... Wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> In every sense of the word. And you guys are going to have to help us because our knowledge isn't too deep on uh, wrestling. Maybe some classic wrestling. Yeah, I'm thinking classic, more 80s. Say, yep. But uh, yeah, you guys will have to help us along there. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we, we try. We yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then in our uh, comic dump bin, uh, we're going to be talking comics. What you got, Jack? Anything good this week? Summons. Oh, yeah. Chris Williams. Christine. Yes. Hell yeah. She was a cutie. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. One of the comics we'll be talking about there. And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Nick, Harry, and Luke and talk Eventide. So let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Engage. <laughs> All right, wrestling. I'm going to let you guys start. I I guess uh, I don't know where to start personally, so (laughs) take it away, gentlemen. Luke. (laughs) Wrestling. When when you just said about a retro theme, well, like the first thing that popped into my head was wrestling. (laughs) Because we all joked about it last time we were uh, hanging out. It was just about. I don't know. I just how, how far do we go back? To be honest, because mine's like I remember the nineties. Yeah, like I've seen pictures, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh wow! I think I watched it a lot when I was younger, and I've watched. I actually been to a WrestleMania. Uh, oh as, really? Yeah, I went to uh, a few of my brother actually um, when I, I was growing up, and I was like, I think the first one I went to, I was seventeen maybe uh, in a. I can't remember where it was now. L.A. Nice. Nice. <laughs> wow. uh, Which one was it? It was. Wait, did you say uh, it was 17 or you were 17? No, <laughs> I, I was 17. There's no <laughs> way you went to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. So, yeah, so I've been to some of those, but mainly it was when I was younger, like the Ultimate Warrior, oh, Hulk yeah. Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah there it is. <laughs> the the, the better years of, of wrestling when it was uh, a bit more uh, over the top with characters and things. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. Over the top with doubled out, hasn't it? Now, not yeah. like that. I want to discredit wrestling because I'd probably get a lot of angry people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for sure. It's like at its pinnacle yeah. of popularity right now. It seems. Wait, really? Oh, fair enough. I'll I'll shut up then. <laughs> right. I thought like '90s was about as, as big as it got, wasn't it? That's well, it's pretty big now with like uh, younger audiences, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's it. that's probably it. Then it's probably a bit more. It's definitely more PG than it yes. used to be. Like yeah. it used to be basically uh, like any <laughs> any use of violence, weaponry, or, or an excuse to exploit women as ring girls. It was just that's but what it was pretty much about. Mick Foley, really, wasn't it? Oh, Mick Foley. Yeah. Mick Foley. Mick, that's a name. There we are. 
Mick Foley, does that ring bells with people? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that name, yeah. Does it? I, yeah. It, I, I just oh. know... What was his name? Because he wore a mask Mankind. for a little... Was that... Mankind. Yeah, yes. that's what it was. Yeah, that's right. Mankind. He had three or four, wasn't there? Cactus Jack? Yeah. Dude Love. Yeah, Dude Love. He had loads of gimmicks, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Too many, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Like one would get beat, so he'd change it and come back as something else, so he'd be new again. Oh, is that right? It's I a good so. way to like extend your career, really. Yeah, I wish yeah. that worked in every walk of life. But it's like, oh, my artwork's failing. I'll just become a new artist and start again. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that's what the Ultimate Warrior did because it seemed like he looked a little bit different through the years. But I guess it was the same guy all the way through. Yeah, I, I read somewhere. Didn't he have like at one point he never had a match that lasted longer than a minute? Because he always won within like 60 seconds and then just. Yeah, I remember a match when out. I was really young. It was like a SummerSlam match and I, he literally ran to the ring and I think he just body slammed you. That was it. I remember watching when I was a kid this? Saturday morning when he'd come running out out of nowhere. It was always yeah. a big hype thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, here he yeah. comes and he would just tear someone up and it'd be done. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's people paid good money. For it. yeah. Well, it's like, uh, what is it? WrestleMania. Uh, has yeah. the Undertaker won like how many years in a row? No, he, I think, uh, he actually lost a few years back. I think he was. Did he really? He yeah. won every yeah. year and then he lost uh, that uh, Brock Lesnar guy. Isn't he like yeah, sixty no. now though too? So oh, yeah. there are a lot of very very funny memes about that as well. Because I think when they decided to have him lose at WrestleMania, there was obviously people who were major major fans, and they were quite gutted. And there are so many so many memes where they like people have. Uh, like cropped people's faces from the audience who are like in shock, <laughs> disappointment, or just straight up crying about having, having watched. Him he is nearly that. sixty though. It's a bit of a shame to take it off him. Like, yeah. having... <laughs> I thought like, he'd kind of retire unbeaten, and that would be quite cool. Yeah, but I, I just don't wrong. understand like why the fans would want that. Even if you are a diehard fan, to I mean, he's had it way too good, way too long. You know, if he's won like 13, 14 of these damn things in a row. But even if you're not a huge Undertaker fan, oh, I have no idea. It's something insane. Yeah. Whatever number it is, it's insane. (laughs) But to be somebody who's going to go buy a ticket to go watch this shit live, you know, I mean, you you already know who's going to win. Why are you going? What kind of fun is that? Just to watch the drama, I guess. Yeah. Maybe the 13th or 14th year. Well, this will be the year, you know. See what kind of stories come out. I think the way I've always sort of like justified wrestling is it is kind of a bit like pantomime, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. You know, it's like it's so popular, isn't it? It's so popular with wrestling growing. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the South Park episode. Oh, yeah. Where all the kids were doing the backyard wrestling and it was all about the stories and everyone kept calling it wrestling. And the high high school wrestling teacher. Yeah, he's like, that's not wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, doing inappropriate (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. My my, uh, knowledge of wrestling is really more in the uh, toys and the video games and stuff than uh, actually watching it. I I watched it when I was really, really young, but... Can't really stomach it nowadays, but uh, like I remember in the eighties, like the mid eighties, you guys. I don't know if any of you guys are old enough to remember like the seven-inch rubber dolls. I actually have one of them. I thought you had one sitting here. I really was confused what you were going to say then when you said (laughs) seven-inch rubber dongs. You guys remember those? Yeah, (laughs) this this is junkyard dog, isn't it? Yeah, that one's the junkyard dog, but. 
it's it's funny that, to me that they ever gave these out as toys because you could wing that thing across the room and yeah. fucking hurt somebody with that thing. I remember these <laughs> things being so much bigger. Yeah, I mean, the, well, the wrestling, well, yeah, when you were tiny, oh, yeah. they seemed enormous, but uh, the, there's a ton of wrestling action figures out now, tons of them, but they're like normal action figures with, you know, you squeeze the legs and he does a punch yeah. kind of yeah. thing, where these things, you know, when you had the ring that came with them, you just stretch back them from back the ropes, slingshot them at each other and hope one yeah. <laughs> knocks the yeah, other over. I, I think when I was like, I don't want to say about 10 or 11, I was really, really into the wrestling figures. And there's this Christmas Day video of me opening up, I think it's a ring with a cage on it. And I'm like so excited that I'm practically screaming. <laughs> it's like this 10 year old getting excited about a cage and a ring. And it's like, yes, maniac. <laughs> <laughs> That's we exciting all, uh, stuff though, yeah. We all dressed as wrestlers for my, uh, my stag do before I got married. Uh, all my friends, we all dressed as different wrestlers. I, I was actually the old warrior for it. That was really good. And we had like this championship bout, and you had to play drinking games. That's how you won the championship bout, basically, <laughs> by getting the drunkest. Okay, I was going to ask, did you guys like really wail in each other? What did you do? <laughs> He's getting married. Pound him. Uh, I did like they. Uh, we were playing games at the beginning. And I had to like run up and down like the like outside in front of loads of people as the ultimate warrior and do his like run into the ring. But, uh, <laughs> just got uh, and then we just the drunker we got I think the the worse it got as it went on but one of my oldest brother Ryan he dressed as the undertaker um, and he had the manager that he had the Paul Bearer guy and the whole <laughs> whole night they walked around as slow as the undertaker <laughs> so by the time we got to a bar we'd already had a drink by the time they had turned up we were ready to go um, <laughs> Really, really stayed in character. <laughs> they took their role very seriously. <laughs> That's great. Commitment to the cause, for sure. Yeah. Remember the old song, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown? Yeah. How they were talking, how he was, uh, what, meaner no, than old it. King Call? Meaner, meaner than, than the junkyard, junkyard dog. dog, yeah. I always asked my parents, I was like, are they talking about the junkyard dog, the wrestler? Because that was real big back then. And they're like, yes, no, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> That's funny. I, um... The games, wrestling games, are another big thing for me, because yeah. I've never really been in again to watching it. But the games are always fun. Like the earliest I you remember, remember um, here comes the pa- no, sorry, just bring it for PlayStation Two. Yeah, that is the staple no. best wrestling game of all time. I don't know, Attitude, play. Attitude and N sixty four, and it was on PlayStation One as well. That was so good. You could like customize your entrance down to like the lights. Yes, wow. attitude. That's what I was trying to think of yeah. because I've got a, a funny story about that game. Actually, my buddy, I went with my buddy the day the Dreamcast came out because he was buying it on launch day, and he bought that game with it. And like you're saying, not only could you customize the intros, you know, down to the last detail, but the character details, the way they looked, and uh, very intricate, like the width of their nose, position of their eyes. You know, you could make it look like if you spent enough time, anybody you wanted. So (laughs) when he got this game and brought it home at the time, we were working at a pizza shop and uh, just down the road. And, you know, we were good friends with everyone that worked there. But we sat there and made characters that looked exactly like all of our co-workers. (laughs) Nice. And we uh, we took it to a party that they were having and hooked it up to the TV. And everyone was getting to beat the hell out of each other with (laughs) their own characters. But it was just funny to see the boss just using the corner of a briefcase to beat in the one of the pizza makers face <laughs> oh shit was great 
That's a lot of effort you've gone to there to make a, a party worthwhile. I think that's probably, <laughs> that'd be really touching to me if someone went to that effort to actually create me and all my friends you know? on my birthday so that we could fight one another. I think that's probably the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Well, you know, that would that's what we were expecting or hoping for, but these people were actually offended. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they... I can't believe you made a video game out of me. Now I'm crawling up a cage and dropping onto somebody. <laughs> but uh, we 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 got a kick out of it. I mean, I think we kind of knew they were going to be offended, which is why we took it over there. We were we were assholes, man. But uh, That's fine. we were lovable lovable assholes. I think weird have appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it means a lot coming from you guys. It make us. Yeah. Remember pro wrestling for the NES, the original Nintendo. No, I never played any for the NES, but I had uh, LGN's Royal Rumble for uh, oh. S- Super Nintendo. And that was actually a good LGN game. I'll give it The that. Nintendo one was just like make-believe characters. One guy was like a lizard guy, and he'd chew on your head. That game was so fun. No, I don't remember that at all. The only I mean, the best N64 one was in it, no, uh, no Mercy. That was an amazing game when I was younger. It was like... Uh, the first one we had like a proper like the wrestlers coming down to the ring and like I had the Undertaker like he was like this really evil Undertaker version. It was such a good game. Was that one of the uh, first Nintendo sixty four games that required that uh, dumbass expansion pack that you had to buy yeah, for like yeah, sixty bucks? And yeah, what? yeah, that and yeah, Rumble pack and all that stuff that went with it. It was like yeah, the expensive, but it was the best wrestling I... game I remember when I was little. It was a good game. My buddy had it, but I remember I went with him to get it, and when we went back to his house to play it, we put it in, and it wouldn't play because it required the expansion pack. Oh, I was pissed off because we couldn't really? That's a bull. Yeah. <laughs> Just that put the stuff. thing in the system when you make it. Don't yeah. gouge us. Come on. They do that with games now, though. Like it's, We say it like this doesn't happen, but you still have games where you have DLC for all the bits which are the best bits most, yeah. uh, most of the time of the game. Well, like, it's not new... I think if you accept that everything in life will be this disappointing, you'll live a happy life. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Come to terms with it. The Arkham Knight game, weren't we, guys? That It was a really yeah. good game, but then you had to buy the Mr. Freeze yeah. DLC yeah, yeah. and all that, which was awesome. Why you wasn't that spend... in there? It was the yeah, best why wasn't it just yeah, there? I think the worst yeah. case of that recently has been Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. I mean, they give you yeah, so insane. little with that game, mm-hmm. and not even space battles. And to play any of this new cool shit, you gotta—you can't just buy the DLC. Even you have to what? Pay fifty dollars to join EA. It's a season. Yeah, thing. Maybe, I think yeah. you can buy it separately. I think I don't know, but yeah, yeah. yeah maybe if you get EA access, you can while, get it for ten percent off. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did Bullshit. hack that slightly. I say hack like I like literally hacked Gone technology, but I didn't. We basically lucky, luckily, between me and my brothers, we have and Xbox, so only one of us had to buy it for it to be on the console. So between three oh, of us, nice. it worked out quite well. Yeah, that so would be... That'd be basically, nice. spawn more relatives. I'll have my wife buy one of the expansions and I won't have to pay for all of it. Right, right. <laughs> I'm all for cloning at this stage. <laughs> oh man, what else, guys? Wrestling. I'm, the I've thing got is, though, like, we talk about these games like they're amazing. They were amazing. But have you been on YouTube and like looked, oh, that, yeah. and looked at them? Because it's really upsetting. That's a soul crushing moment. You're like, God. 
it's so so bad oh, yeah but you have this memory in your head that you were that you played it and it was like being at a live event yeah. i remember thinking yeah of, of just bring it being like incredible i always thought the commentary was spot on and then they had like all the animations when you did a finisher and it did the big smackdown logo that was great and then you look back at it and you're like oh man it's not even not yeah, even a tenth not... of the of the level right. of, of impressiveness that i thought it was yeah. however the 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 entrance graphics the animations i do think are spot on because they did the camera angles from the correct angles, whereas now they've got that thing which is like, on the on the last one I played, 2K16, something like that, yeah. And they've got camera angles for the entrances that alternate, which is quite cool, because it makes it a bit different, but like it doesn't feel right. And if, if you look at the old video of, there's a, there's a Brothers of Destruction tag team entrance from Just Bring It, and it is, it is hands down the most accurate tag team entrance that I think I think has ever been on a video game, oh. a wrestling video game. Big big claim, but they've never gone to the effort of making one that's what's correct. They always do that thing where, do you remember they had the Limp Biscuit music, how the Undertaker yeah. did for his entrance, yeah. and it basically Kane came into his pyro thing. Then the Limp Biscuit music kicked off, and Undertaker came. I was like, it's kind of two entrances in one. <laughs> they did that on the Just Bring It game, but on the last game, the 2K one, when they were on it, I bought it purely because they were on the game. Committed. Yeah, I was like, well, they're on it, I'm having it. But they did some half-assed entrance where they both just kind of walk in to the theme. Got it. And I was like, well, that is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that, it brought misery upon me. Because my brother as well, my younger brother is a massive, we were massive Brothers of Destruction fans. So, and being brothers, that probably helped. But when it was um, when that was announced, we were like, "Oh God, that entry is going to be on there." So like reliving our youth, it'll take me back to like 10, 15 years. I'll be immortal if I keep playing <laughs> this game. And then, yeah, when we watched it, we were both like, we just looked in each other's eye, other's eyes, and I could I could feel his disappointment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you uh, raise an interesting point a little bit earlier. You said something about the uh, the camera angles yes. uh, to those games, and that's an interesting point. I've never noticed that. But now that you say that, almost every game, if not every game that I've played, comes from like an audience spectator angle. You're always yeah. watching like a side profile. They ought to yeah. make it. There was another one too. I don't even remember. Like if you were fighting outside of the ring, it kind of went into like a Resident Evil kind of fixed yeah, camera location, mm, yeah. and your directional pad kind of changed up, it, and it would just mess yeah. you all up. But if they would do like a. Uh, Kind of like a Batman uh, Arkham game, like over the shoulder From kind behind, of fighting thing. Yeah. Not, I mean, obviously not whooping the shit out of people like Batman <laughs> does, but just yeah. that same view where you're actually in the ring. That would be cool. So just cool. way up above the the ring, like a flaring. like a, a slight third person. Yeah, kind of, kind of is a war angle. Yeah, yeah, That'd exactly. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Me too. Then again, it would be that problem where if you play a match with any more than two people. You'd you'd get attacked from behind all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's true. like a Royal Rumble. Yeah, that would be. You would so. But that might make it more intense and more fun to play. I guess if you'd be more realistic. Could, I was just going to say that. Yeah, because you wouldn't see <laughs> yeah, someone coming from behind you. I'm saying the WWF match would be realistic here. <laughs> <laughs> but if yeah, it was just really an good. option, you could switch to like switch between spectator mode yeah. to uh, third person. You know, mm -hmm. that'd be cool. I suppose yeah, because when you can see the whole of the ring and everything. 
it's very you can't people don't really sneak up on you do they because you, you you have like 360 degree vision but uh, right. you know when things happen but if it was if it was just from behind your character that would definitely make it more interesting for being attacked from other angles getting slammed with a chair from behind yeah 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 just I think so maybe we need to be making uh, yeah. wrestling games here the, the five of us here <laughs> yeah well i've said Much this like my brother as well the gamecube wrestling game where like i swear there was like a mario kart type wrestling game like yeah what was that oh uh, super smash head. brothers no it was like the rock and stone cold steve austin were like in these go-karts <laughs> yeah it's like what? You had, like, <laughs> you had to like crash into each other. So I can't remember yeah, it. It's just in my head all of a sudden. I had a WWF or WWE or whatever game for the GameCube, but it certainly wasn't them racing. Racing each other. Beating the hell out yeah. of each other. Yeah, it was like a battleground racetrack. And you, it was like, do you remember like Mario Kart and the Super Nintendo where you had the balloons above your head? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like that, but wrestlers. <laughs> oh my god, I've got Maybe. to find this. <laughs> I Google, Google will provide. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know what you would type in to find it. <laughs> I can't Luke's, imagine. Luke's it playing it right now. Yeah. Luke, Luke's on it. Looks like Jack's already on, on it. it. We'll give him a minute here. See if he pulls anything up. I've got to see I this. It sounds sorry. fucking ridiculous. I do, I do know what you mean, though, Luke, when you said that, yes. actually. I Good, definitely, I definitely recall thing. this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a bigger deal over here because they were like, "Oh, we can probably market this yeah. to British children." They'll go for it. They just shut up. Just dubbed over with really British actors, like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> WWE Crush Hour. Yes, that's it. Yes, uh, Crush Hour. <laughs> the excitement in Luke's voice. So well, excited. the excitement in his voice has well, me we've looking got to buy it up it now. Can we find videos of footage? Yeah, there is. I've just Googled it, and there is a lot of YouTube videos about Crush Hour. Yeah, PlayStation 2. <laughs> it's like Triple H, this rest of Triple H standing by a big motorized, like, I don't know what it is. It's like a lorry, I guess. Just... I'm trying to find a video, like, with a with an intro here so I can play it for you guys, but it's just, like, some little kid, like, What up, YouTube? I'm playing this video now. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It's like twisted metal vehicles almost. So this had to have bombed. I mean, surely we would have... uh, (laughs) Just trying to cash in on wrestling a little bit more. It reminds me more of... uh, Do you remember like Rush... uh, What was it? 2099? Yeah. Or something like that. Like where you you had all these cars in an arena with all these... Each one had a different (coughs) gun or ability where you could knock each other out. It looks like that just with a wrestler on it. That's like even got their cool entrance life. videos too. It shows a picture of their face, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, look at that! <laughs> How fucking stupid! <laughs> Literally, well, I want this game now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's invest. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, is there any other wrestling points we uh, need to bring up before we move on here? I don't think we were very well learned, were we, on the topic? It was just the best like... thing that came to my head. That was yeah. Yeah. I think we did good. We've done well. Yeah, I think so. I think there's some uh, probably hardcore wrestlers out there that might be a little disappointed with <laughs> your and I's input, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah. that's yeah. okay. Hardcore wrestling fans love Crush Hour on the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've probably brought up all the things actual wrestling fans hate the most about wrestling. <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
with a splinter in the wrestling yeah. fan's hand. Why yeah. did they talk about that? That was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Very good. Well, with that, let's move into the comic dump bin. And before we do move into this, I wanted to uh, suggest something really quick. I'm suggesting maybe we rename this segment here because I'm starting to think that comic artists, when they hear that their uh, book has made it into the comic dump, dump bin, bin yeah. doesn't uh, sound like a good thing. So well, we had that issue with uh, that fellow from Italy thought we were yeah. something we were going to slam Exactly, on it. and we just had oh. that issue again. I'm not for sure, no but way. I'm pretty sure. Um, so maybe we should change the name of it. Okay. Um, with the comic, uh, help us, guys. You're you're here. Uh, help us invent a new Bolt. name. Bolt sounds good, doesn't it? Oh, there you go. Comic Bolt. The comic yeah. Bolt. It has become. I'm gonna write that down <laughs> here. <laughs> Do I get uh, like royalties? I was just gonna say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> second, in the mail. we see royalties, <laughs> then we'll think yeah. about giving you royalties. But all right, Glad you guys. All I had was Comic Crush Hour. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm torn now. Oh, I'm torn. Uh, well, we'd have to do it for an hour then. Yeah, I oh, think the whole <laughs> This wasn't an hour. This was ten minutes. Both and see how they sound. Okay, let's like, let's run through both right now and we'll see how they sound. But yeah. we yeah, can you, mix it. The comic crush fault. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a dive into the comic vault. Eh. I, li- I like it's another. Not, yeah. I want another. Funny. I want another syllable there. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh. Let's let's dive into this week's comic crush hour. <laughs> comic, comic crush hour actually yeah. works. But now, do we got to do it for an hour? Are we obligated for an hour? Oh, an hour is tough, isn't it? Yeah. It's oh, <laughs> yeah, very <come>. tough. <laughs> we'll come back comic, to that. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, my mind's gone blank now. Yeah. I gave it my all. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I like what we got. We're going to stick with Comic Vault for right now until we come up with anything <laughs> yeah. else. So, let's swing open the door to the Comic Vault and see what we have this week. Who would like to go first? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Jack, you want to kick her off? Yeah. Yeah, I can talk best. Yeah. Okay. Go right ahead. Um, well, it's actually. Is it okay to talk about a brand new comic? Is that all right? Forbidden. Yeah. Next. No, <laughs> no go ahead. <laughs> um, so I just read, or just finished reading, um, a new comic called Curse Words. Um, oh, my God. By, it was it's... by Charles uh, Soule. I, I think that's how you say his name anyway. Um, yeah. But it's it's basically uh, about a wizard <laughs> called Wizard. <laughs> and uh, he, he basically sends Earth to destroy it. Has anyone else read it, by the way? Yeah, no, I haven't. It, yeah, the the illustrations on it are so good, and the, yeah. the color. I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah, it's really like vivid. So did you like the story? Yeah, so cool. Yeah. so weird. But yeah, so okay, cool. cool. I'm glad I'm not talking about a comic that's negative already. But uh, <laughs> no. I really liked it. it. No, it really reminded me of like um, I Hate Fairyland. Yes, definitely. Oh, wow, okay. Scotty Young. It's like this wizard called Wizard, and he's basically been sent to Earth to destroy it, and he he ends up on Earth, and he's, like, planning on getting rid of everything and doing what... He has, like, a master in another place who wants to destroy the Earth, and instead of destroying it, he basically kind of falls in love with being on Earth and thinks, oh, these people aren't so bad, and he's a wizard, so he's, like, all-powerful, basically, and rather than... Um, uh, yeah, destroying it. He does these like cool things and helps people get powers if they want them. And 
it's really it's quite fast paced uh, actually <laughs> and these villains from that he the people that he live well, is on the same dimension or plane as as they're basically now sent to earth to basically assassinate him and um, mm. so all the people on earth think he's a hero because these villains show up and he he destroys them but really his motivation was actually to destroy earth in the first place so a bit like silver surfer yeah oh, yeah. yeah it is but yeah but it's it's quite it's very well written and he has this uh i don't know what he was nick is he he's like a psychic i guess i don't know what he was yeah like a koala bear <laughs> yeah it's really hard it is like um i can't remember what he calls him yeah oh. he's, he's like some it's like a, a being that was sent to earth to basically scope out before the wizard yeah. arrived and he's originally in the form of a rat and then when the wizard decides to stay this rat's like can i have like a better form so he turns him into a koala bear yeah <laughs> It's really. Like, I guess a koala is an upgrade from. Yeah. Yeah. I so think he realizes how cute a koala bear is and gets quite a lot of attention from uh, people. So uh, that's oh, why he wants to. Go. Be it's but so it's, good. It's so so like clever as well. It's a really, yeah, it really is. speaking style. But it, is, the... it is a bit like Fairyland in that respect as well. It is mm-hmm. so the idea is so out there that it works really well. Mm. Um, is this an image book? The... What label is this on? It's image. Yeah, it's image. Yeah. I think everything's pretty much image that I've been reading recently for some reason. Yeah, they're, um, they're amazing. Yeah, but it's, it's really good. So if you guys, I assume it's out over there as well. Um, it's definitely worth picking up. It's only one issue at the moment. Um, but I think it was when I heard about it originally in the like, previous catalogs and stuff about it, it's like the most hyped image comic already for this year because it's they think it's just going to gain more and more momentum as it comes out each, each issue. So it's... I think it's well worth getting on board with if you, uh, yeah. if you have and you, read it. You can really see why as well. Like when you read it, you're just like, this has so much potential to go in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, but it's also such an easy read. It's not like you read it and feel like that was really heavy. You kind of read it and you're like, that was just awesome. I just, I want yeah. more. Um, and I love the variant cover for it as well. Like, well, one of the variant covers where it looks like he's pissing on something. Yeah, he's like <laughs> pissing out like a yeah. fluid. Yeah, that's the one that I picked up, I think. Yeah, it was... yeah it's so cool. It's such a good cover. Yeah. Was that because you could relate to the cover? You were like, yeah, I've done that. Obviously, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is me. It speaks to me. Yeah. Been, I read yeah. quite a bit by this writer because he actually, he's writing Daredevil at the moment and he, he used to write Swamp Thing and he did the Death of Wolverine storyline as well. So it's a completely different way of writing for this guy, I think. It's, it's yeah. almost... Oh, he's like, you can write whatever you want. And he goes, what if I wrote about a wizard that has a friend koala bear and they're like yeah that sounds like a winner off you go <laughs> what's yes, his name yeah. the, the guy you're talking about that uh did the death i don't, I don't know how you pronounce his surname charles charles soul it's like s-o-u-l-e so yeah i, I think it's soul yeah so yeah yeah he, uh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he he's been writing quite a lot of stuff recently but his daredevil runs really good and I, I i did enjoy the death of wolverine story even though i had a few maybe it was a bit up and down but it's really yeah, he did um, he did Death of X with Lemire as well, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I really enjoyed that. You like Jeff Lemire, like me and Nick always say. He seems to be writing. I don't know how he fits all his writing into a month. Yeah. All these issues there churning out is pretty crazy. And it's all like really, really good, good. as well. Yeah, yeah. Like Jeff Lemire's a god. Yeah, I need to uh, get back into some image titles. I used to be wrapped up in some there, but I kind of fell out. My problem with image titles is their inconsistent release dates. Like some of the titles, like we'll release one every six months or something. 
you know, I understand, you know, people are busy and it's, it's a lot of work to do a comic, but, you know, in that much time, I kind of grow disinterested or just forget, forget about you know? it. Yep. Yeah, it is on with the releases and you feel like you could be waiting a long time in between issues. I know from, because I work in a comic shop as well and like Rat Queens, for instance, is really, really popular here um, at the shop I work at, but they're always, everyone's like, when's the next volume coming out? When's the next volume? But it's, I, you just don't have an answer because there's no yeah. information. And sometimes it's every six months there's an issue. Then it's three in two months and it's, it is really spread out. It's just, uh, yeah, I can understand the frustration that readers get with image comics sometimes. It's just better to wait for, you know, the first trade to come out, I find, because, you know, one, not only are you getting a bunch of issues sitting down for a good read, but two, a lot of those image trades are inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah, get I mean, for like 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always like 10 bucks. It's a really, really good price for, um, especially for the, like, quality of the story you get as well. Like, it's always, I just read, um, literally yesterday, I read something called Kill or Be Killed. Um and that was, I think it's the first four or five issues, and that was honestly incredible. It was such a good story. The illustration was really cool. The panel work was just insane. Um, right. And I was like, to pay 10 bucks for that is like crazy. Oh, well. it's, yeah, it's so good. Um, and it's, yeah, such a small amount for what you really, really get out of it. Yeah, um, exactly. That's how uh, Southern Bastards was. You got the first four or five of those for $10. Yeah, oh, that was so good. Southern yeah, Bastards. Was- it's an amazing, amazing. Yeah, it was comic. really good. I need to yeah. follow up with that. See where it's been since that first trade. I haven't gone past it. It's like that with East to West with me. Oh yeah, that's what I need one. to check out too. I always because it always comes up on the show, and I'm mm-hmm. always like, at this time, I'm going to I'm going to look into <laughs> it, and I never do. But awesome, Chris. I, I, I haven't read all of East to West. I read the first two paperbacks, but I haven't. There's like five or five of them out now. I think or six just lost track with it for some reason but it, it was good at the start I just yeah. haven't read any more of it yet what's the that's, that's Hickman isn't it it's Jonathan Hickman was that East or West yeah, uh, yeah it was. I'm not sure what was the yeah, image comic like, about the like the really big like three or four years ago uh, it's like space drama saga saga yes that's one that yeah, I've for- wanted to get into for a long time but I feel like there's so much out now it takes a lot ever to yeah. catch up to it <laughs> I mean that one uh, book I saw was like thicker than the Bible it was huge Jeez. man <laughs> yeah they were putting out one every month easy yeah saga you'll get through if you start saga you'll finish it quickly because it's it's definitely I mean I I think I read volume one and then I bought two three and four the next day and just went with it it's it's really really good yeah uh, I just really need great. to do it that, that's what I'll put on next year's Christmas list saga yeah cool the whole complete set the bible edition (laughs) (laughs) all right awesome curse words i am going to look for that next time i'm down the road at the comic store all right who would like to go next i'll go next go next i dug in while i was kind of find trying to find something to read and i came across on facebook uh chris williams he's the creator writer and artist from the comic summons and so i dug into that again and tried to relive some of the goodness that it was yeah that was a good book yep that's uh like what is it not emo but a a gothic girl yeah she always uh she always kind of reminded me of like an x-man too because she had little x earrings in her ears right yeah jubilee used to have or something so it's like always kind of grouped her i don't know i'm babbling go ahead (laughs) but she's like uh well it opens up that she's getting picked on in school by a bunch of mean girls and she goes home and is kind of 
just frustrated with herself because she's just a normal person, I guess. And then a monster comes and attacks her, and then all of a sudden this crazy wizard mage, like battle mage guy, comes in and kills the monster, ends up saving her and tells her that she's a long line of well, warriors, I guess, to fight against these monsters. And right. He's the last of five of these mages that helped her, and she ends up being the muscle to cool. fight against them all. And there's this book called The Book of Summons, of course, that the monsters have taken control of, and they're going to end up trying to take over the world. And there's also one other person that is a warrior that you find out later on is uh, like a werewolf type guy. Right. That's going to be the third part, but they have to find him. But it's kind of left out all in the open at the first end of the first issue. Yeah. Those were good books. Yeah. And she was an attractive little yeah, uh, character. There. <laughs> and it didn't help that he was always putting her in her underwear and stuff like uh, yeah, that, too. Yeah. Like, Especially in the first issue, because she strips down into the bra and undies. And then, oh, yeah. Then she gets attacked. Yeah. As kind it always turn happens. Turn into that uh, wolf character from Looney Tunes, like, stamping <laughs> his butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's funny. Well, that's a retro roundtable we need to do. Most attractive... Uh, comic book and cartoon characters. There we go. I think that would be uh, that'd be a good one to do. I'll put I'll mark that down. Continue. <laughs> but I looked in and tried to find because there's only two issues out now and talk about not that it's a bad thing for him because I know he's busy with his other work but inconsistencies. It's been what over a year I think since right, the last right. issue. But apparently it's coming out soon. I don't know how long it's been coming out soon. I know on his website you were able to order the third issue and it's sold out, but it's not even done yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. I believe it. They're good books. Yeah. Cool. That's Summons. Summons. All right. Nice. Very cool. I'll get mine out of the way here really quick. I, uh, with the Power Ranger movie uh, sequel, the, se- or the second trailer to the new movie that's coming out has been released. And, uh, I mean, we saw it. It's, it looks okay. I don't think it's... We were talking before we did the show. It doesn't look like it's going to be good. It's not going to be a great movie, but it, but it looks be. like it's, it's going to yeah. be fun. You know, there's a yeah. difference between a fun movie and a good movie. So, nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> I'm still excited about it. And I uh, wanted to check back in with the Power Rangers comic that's out on Boom right now. I got in when it first came out, and it was a really, really good book, but I just kind of got... I don't know, disinterested, I guess, and drifted away from it for a little bit. But uh, just yesterday, we were at the store. I saw the newest issue. The cover looked pretty cool. It's got the Megazord all busted to shit laying on a beach. And it was uh, issue number 11. Done by uh, Kyle Higgins, uh, Hendry Brissettia, and Matt Herms. But uh, pretty much where this one starts is you see all the Power Rangers. I don't know where they've been. I think they've been held captive from what I've gathered. Again, because I've missed the past issues. But uh, they're all coming home to their parents who are all relieved because they've been gone for so long. Except for Tommy and Billy. They're still missing. No one knows where they're at. And it cuts to a different reality, I guess. It's still on Earth. It's still Angel Grove. But everything looks different. And this is where Billy and Tommy are. As far as I can gather, they were all being held hostage by Rita. They somehow all got out. All the rangers, except for these two, made it back home. These two are in an alternate dimension. Mm. And they're walking past a museum that's going over, uh, you know, its local history. Rita Repulsa, you know, conquered this world back in blah, blah, blah. And now the Empress of, you know. So they're they're being filled in with what this reality holds. So like, where are we? What's going on? We need to figure this out. And about the time they figure it out, there's a, hey, what, who are you? What are you doing over there? And up walks the Black Ranger. 
but he's all militant. He's got a gun. He's got extra padding on him. He looks like a hard ass. And uh, he tries to take these guys under arrest, but they resist, obviously, and take off running. Well, this isn't the only Black Ranger. Zordon in this reality and the Rangers have been destroyed, so I don't know, like, she's just using this power as her own personal security or what it is. But there's a whole army of Black Rangers. It's not just one. It's like a whole militant fleet of Black Rangers that are now chasing these guys. It's pretty cool. They end up stumbling uh, when they make their way to the command center. And they find all their Zords and stuff laying outside, busted to hell, torn apart. And they're like, what are we going to do? You know, we have no way of getting out of here. Our only resources are gone. What do we do? And all of a sudden they hear, help, help, help me. So they start following it. And there's a hole in the ground, you know, kind of beneath the command center they go into. Just following this voice that says, help me. And he goes, I have the answers you seek. You know, but you have to free me. You have to free me. So Tommy keeps digging deeper and deeper. Billy's too scared to go down to hole, so he stays at the top. But, <laughs> but Tommy goes all the way down in. He finally pries the door open to find that the person, or what's been hollering, is Saba, the the White Ranger sword. Uh. So he takes it and he goes, "I know this isn't what you're expecting, but you need to take me. I'll guide you through what's going on here." As soon as they come out of the hole with Saba, this uh, big ship lands. And all these Black Ranger militant forces surround them. And the ship opens, and out of it comes Lord Dracon, who's, I guess, in charge of the this new world that Rita has conquered. But he he's a perfect blend of the Green Ranger and the White Ranger. He's got the white suit, but he's got, like, the green and gold crest. His helmet has the tiger head, but there's still, like, that dragon fin, and it looks badass. Hmm. It's the whole reason I bought the book, actually. <laughs> But uh, Tommy, you know, with Saba, he goes, you know, you, you don't know who you're messing with here. I suppose you're the leader of this reality. You're going down. And he's like, I know exactly who I'm messing with. He takes his helmet off, and this Lord Dragon is Tommy, too. What? <laughs> the Tommy of this other reality, and that's where it ends. So it was a lot of fun. I'm going to jump back into it, I think. Power Rangers number 11 on Boom. I read the first, the first paperback, so that, I guess that was maybe 1 to 10 of it, the, the Boom release one I, I think uh, that'd be a I really enjoyed it do they I don't they usually only put like five yeah I maybe, might, maybe it, was five. it was quite a thick uh, paperback though like, maybe it was then I'll have afterwards. to look into that I think I only got to about five and Rita somehow captured them all or something like yeah. that at the end yeah yeah it's been a super cool series they take all the best things about the show you, the original series you remember and then make it cool and not campy you know it might be because yeah. it's drawn and just in panels that why it's not so campy. Well, not only just that, though, you're getting like you, you brought up a good point when we talked about this uh, series with uh, David J. Fielding was that you're you know, you're getting the background of the characters. You're not just seeing Juice Bar with Ernie, immediate trouble, <laughs> yeah. you know, going rushing in and then back at the Juice Bar when we're successful. You're getting these each character's backstory, their home life, stuff like yeah. that. So. It reminds me of um, this, uh, when I read the Power Rangers, I feel the same way as you with the backstories, but the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles IDW run, I don't know if oh. anybody's read that. that. That's the same. You get every character has a story and a backstory, and it's all connected, and it's very well uh, connected and written. Uh, and nice. I felt the same when I read the Power Rangers uh, run. Yeah, so, uh, it's funny you say that, because other than the Power Rangers, the only other comic I was religiously getting, and still do, is uh, IDW Turtles. It is fantastic. It's one of it the best so good. series out so, there. 
it's uh, it's and, and that's the reason for nostalgia reasons but why i picked up power rangers and the turtles uh, comics was because of how much i liked them when i was younger as well and then reading them is completely uh, brought me back into that those, both those worlds and uh, they're really good the turtles especially in the power rangers is is not not uh, i don't think it's as good as the turtle run but it's definitely a really good read I, think. I can agree with you on that for sure that turtle run is priceless the best one i think there's ever been i mean aside yeah, from definitely. the original it lays it out but, <laughs> you know but. very cool i picked up power rangers justice league the first issue the other week uh, last week oh, as well there's a there's an ad on the back of this book for that we were just looking at that before we started the show is it any good yeah i've, I've only read the first half of it because uh, i i picked it up and read it and then i put it down and got um onto something else for a bit but um yeah, it's good. It's got a bit more uh, humor to it. I got to the point basically where the Power Rangers kidnap Batman, and it's quite funny in a way because you know, Batman rarely gets kidnapped. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and if anybody's going to do it, it's a bunch Power of Rangers. juice bar teenagers. <laughs> very Batman's like thoroughly pissed Batman, off that he's been kidnapped. Um, um, I, suppose, I think him and the, the Black Ranger like have a quite good dynamic, uh, and it's yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be any good overall, but it's, I I couldn't resist the Batman comic that had the Power Rangers in it, just like with Batman and the Turtles. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been involved in all these uh, comics, but yeah. <laughs> well, you'll have to uh, settle for us. We were talking, like I said, about this before the show started, and my prediction is that they're obviously going to start combating each other. And there will come a great threat that they have to put their differences aside, band together, and you'll have Justice League along with the Power Rangers taking on the yeah. evil threat. A classic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dark Side and Rita Repulsa team. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I think that's why I can't remember the end of the Batman Turtles, but that, it's a similar sort of thing. So I know they were after Shredder, and then yeah. Joker showed up, if I remember right. It wasn't a. Uh, it was Ra's al Ghul who showed up. Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't big on that series. It was that was pretty much just for nostalgia purposes. I expected yes. to get into it. I wanted. I read it because I wanted to see Shredder versus Batman. Mm. I thought what yeah. a great fight yeah. that would be. But it really got glazed over, and it was okay. It was an all right run, but nothing fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Very good. All right. Well, who would like to go next? Hughes, oh, <laughs> oh me! <laughs> um, this is another bit where I like have to disappoint, but not wreck the segment, of course. <laughs> but having, I can I can validate why I haven't read anything recently. But I have got a few things that I can talk about how they look, which you might, some of you might know of them. So then you can you can basically discuss it for me if you know what it is, because I've been working on issue three of the snow. Uh, comics finally nearly done so I've been kind of working on that and then Christmas New Year too much alcohol too much food not enough (laughs) comics so literally today at this 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 very evening as I've come to Goods I got a uh, a late but great Christmas present I have John Romita Jr. legacy book which is essentially John Romita Jr. the comic artist's art book I guess but senior and junior so that's a good I've not read it so I can't tell you it's a good read but it looks like one and I'm, I'm not going to knock it obviously in front of Nick now because he <laughs> bought it me. so everything about it's perfect 
uh, it's good weight. <laughs> um, no, that's, so that's that's an exciting one I've got coming up. But Goode's other, because he felt he needed to get me something on Christmas, uh, which he needn't have done, like his my gift for him is still pending. Um, he got me, uh, oh, what was it? This is bad. How awkward is this? Can't oh, you remember? Uh, oh, what was it? Um, <laughs> The, uh, That's why we don't do Christmas presents, guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Outcast, there you go. Outcast, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes, which I have, yet again, not read, but I have flipped through. Um, I have oh, a lot man. of comics, more, more so for the inspiration of, of like, for artistic inspiration. And recently, that's all I've been I've been doing with them, really, flicking through old stuff and sourcing sourcing ideas. But I do need to sit down and read them. So Outcast and... And now this Ramita legacy book as well, but be, beyond that, really, I haven't got a uh, a plethora of good of good reads to share with you. Well, and I feel like this feels like I was when I was back in school and in English classes. They'd be like, "So, did you did you do your homework?" And the answer is kind of yes, but I don't have it with me. <laughs> Oh man, I don't want to come off like a bitchy teacher. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's all right. I trust. I trust you guys. Like you're all all right. Like teachers never really had a go at me. I wasn't a, a damaged student by any means. But like, uh, yeah, to bring to the table, I have I have concepts that that you guys can discuss for me. So has anyone read Outcast? Yes, I actually have, and I was just going to say you're going to enjoy that because the first, I mean, within the first page, I think. You're just hooked, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, the uh, did you talk about that one before? I've talked about it did before, you? yeah. And I think they actually even made a show out of it later on. But yeah, they, yeah. that for, that opening scene is is it okay to talk about that just quick opening first page there, yeah. or is it going to be too yeah. much? It starts with a uh, with a mother who's like just cleaning the house, doing dishes or something, and one of the she's arguing with one of the older uh, children about going out at night or something. And when that teenager storms off, there's another child who's just kind of standing face forward in the pantry. And he's like, I don't remember his name, but hey, what are you doing over there? What are you doing? And she turns the boy around and he's sitting there eating his own fingers off. Oh, I think oh, I remember you talking about that. Up, is, is, it, is it the same artist from Walking Dead who did the second half? Like, it looks similar when I think It looks through, very like, similar, I yeah. I think yeah. it's the same Ugh. dude who did, did Walking Dead. So it lends well to that being being as dark as as I saw some of the imagery. I was like, oh, they chose well on the artist for it. You I like it? I think it like really carries like carries a uh, exorcist kind of tone. It just there's like this demon or entity or something that's yeah. after this certain family or something. But mm. you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Excellent. I, I pretty much chose it for Harry just for the pure bleakness of it. I was like, I, I think you'll appreciate this level of bleak. Yeah. Harry's such a bleak human. This is about as much as he'll he'll stomach. Yeah. Anything too colourful, too fun, or too yeah. unrealistic in this world, he'll, uh, he'll throw away immediately. Yeah. Very good, very good. All right, well, who do we have left then? It was uh, was Luke last or Nick last? Nick. Uh, it'd be me. I've okay. kind of done mine, though. I, like, I, I, yesterday I read Kill or Be Killed. Um, which is another image book and yeah that blew me away other than that um, it's kind of just a lot of the Rebirth stuff like the DC stuff I've just been reading so many different stuff at the moment I'm reading Green Arrow um, and that's been pretty cool uh, although I've noticed with Rebirth they're doing this really weird thing where you seem to get a long story arc and then you get like a one or two issue story arc and then it goes back into another long arc 
it's just it, it's an odd way of telling a story but it's quite cool um, right. yeah so i think i've been kill kill or be killed and green arrow i haven't started anything i'm just about to start paper girls volume two though I'm starting that tonight quite excited that's really good. That's by the that's by the guy who did Saga. It's good. It's got like a I don't know if Nick agrees, but the first volume of Paper Girls has a bit of a the TV show Stranger Things vibe. I don't know. Yes. Well, that's a strong endorsement, right? Yeah, there. really. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me so much of that when I was reading just the first chapter of it. I was like, this is a lot like Stranger Things. Yeah. And then it just gets so so wacky that I'm like, it's like Stranger Things meets Saga. Yes. But it's just this crazy mix of everything, and you're like, this is this is incredible. Um, so I'm really excited to read the second volume of that. I think that's going to be really good. That does sound good. Awesome. What was the title of that again? Uh, Paper Girls. Paper Girls. All right. I got to write all this stuff down. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, just looking at it, seeing pictures, that's you just, that's all you get a Stranger Things feeling to it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, we've talked about that before with another guest, just the... the uh, it's so appealing because when we were kids, we always wanted to get on our bikes and set out yeah. and find adventure and stuff like that. The handful of friends together, yeah. always out adventuring. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Never did find any uh, pirate ships no. underground. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, with that behind us, let's just turn our attention uh, over to Nick, Harry, and Luke and talk about the Eventide Snow Chronicles coming out February 22nd. Thanks again for being with us, guys. And uh, we've had you guys uh, on the show, at least Nick and Harry, uh, at least twice. And uh, I didn't know if you guys know, if you're on uh, two more times, you get a free sub. So that's oh, good. Oh, also, also, also. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the post. Right. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, so we've had you on in the past to talk about uh, uh, Snow, the Dawn, and the universe that you guys are building. So the Eventide Snow Chronicles is a further expansion, five new stories that further expand the snow universe so if you would first uh tell some of our new listeners you know briefly about snow the dawn and then what you uh plan to accomplish with the eventide yeah so uh snow the dawn is kind of what side for us it's a superhero story that's set against a politically and environmentally ruined england cheerful um <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then while we were working on that we had ideas for what the rest of the world might look like and i think that's where we started doing one shots um, and we started with one called Energy, uh, and last year we put out another one called Codename. But around that as well, we just had loads and loads of other ideas, and I think the Eventide came about after we did ComniCon in Norway, which Luke invited us to. Thank you. Um, and uh, on the flight back, Harry and I were talking about how cool it would be to see our universe in other people's eyes and how they view it and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of just got to work on it probably last summer I think is when it became like a yeah. official thing um, we pulled Luke on board last November December yeah I think so it was about November time I think yeah um, time is just flying away I from me I know right? <laughs> I can feel my hair thinning as I'm talking I'm like, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah we pulled him in just to uh, write this one shot that we'd kind of been thinking about for at least like eight months or something we've been like throwing around this idea of what virtuous is um and then luke came on and just did such an awesome job um but yeah the eventide kind of got born out of doing that so we we wanted to make a graphic novel as well for a while but due to a creative output which <laughs> ours is pretty steady and steady <laughs> is putting it kindly yeah like we don't have enough material 
we didn't we didn't want to we wanted to specifically either be a volume of issues or a volume of one shots and we didn't have enough of either at this stage to put them in and we didn't want to put both and mix them but we did we, we were so keen to get a one shot uh, a uh, graphic novel through at some point this was kind of the big one for us and like I say having met everyone in Norway and at the Comic-Con met a lot of other artists and people who were trying to push independent work and things like that it was kind of a good opportunity to think oh well Luke talks to these people <laughs> let's enslave him and get him to uh, let's get them to work for us so we started by making uh, 12 rings <laughs> we gave three to the elves <laughs> we, um, but yeah it was a good it was a good one for um getting other people on board and unburdened me with with work which is great so um yeah it was it's a, it was an opportunity to get a lot more people involved in what yeah. we were doing because you know at the same time as, as much as it is helpful to have other work and interesting to see other people's take on it it definitely spreads the roots a little more yeah. for other people to see or read it and when we went to norway it was a great opportunity anyway to push our stuff when we were there but we thought it was um, an equally good opportunity to, you know, help other people out if they wanted to get involved in something, and you know, solid solidify what we what we started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think as well, like our um, when we kind of first came out with the concept of it, our publisher, like Dim Throat Comics, they because Harry and I were both like, oh, if we pitch something else that isn't issue three, <laughs> what, what does this look like? Yeah, uh, avoiding every issue yeah, by yeah. like, yes, we will make the deadline. We've got to watch Maybe shot. not in 2017. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they've been really, really supportive. And they, um, yeah, Corey over at the Intro Comics was just like, yeah, this sounds really cool. And um, yeah, we just got to work on it. So it kind of allowed us to really expand the universe, but also allowed me and Harry to just kind of focus solely on trying to tell snow now yeah get another issue out at least because yeah i think oh, life is so unpredictable i think mean, that sound like i've had a load of stuff yeah. go down <laughs> like relatives dropping it's dropping it's like flies or something but no it's like uh it's definitely a hard thing to juggle and it's difficult going from doing a standard issue and then going to a one shot and then trying to get back in the swing of following off where you've left off the story and this kind of because i've done the two stories which are in there basically before before everyone else had done theirs, I was kind of free to do cover a bit of con shows and concept stuff and crack on with with snow, which is good because you sort of, if you if you distance yourself from the main story too much, you, you lose familiarity with it a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So, as much as it's a great opportunity for everyone else, it was a nice opportunity to me for sort of step yeah. back a bit and carry on doing what we'd what we started. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's worked out quite well, and I think it's a. I think it's a banger, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'd Stop. say this uh, this book you sent us, and thank you for that, was uh, really fun to read. Uh, you guys mentioned Virtuous earlier. That was a great addition. I, I was really, uh, we were kind of talking about that one before we started, how you really, uh, I don't know, kind of feel the stress the character's under when he's realizing where he's working. You know, he thinks he's working at rehab. Tell me if I'm totally butchering this, too, by the way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sounds right, yeah. But uh, realizing that, uh, you know, these patients were uh, being experimented on. And then uh, another story, a code name, which I think you guys had sent us last time we talked, but yeah, yeah, was yeah. incomplete, and we got to finally uh, see the completion of that. So yeah. this was all around a fun read. Um, kind of curious, though. So if I remember correctly, Snow the Dawn... The nucleus of your universe takes place in like 2020, is that correct? Uh, 20, 2079? 2070 something. 
Yeah. Oh shit, I'm way off way there. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, never Sorry. mind. Anyway, <laughs> despite the year, yeah, yeah. Where in the timeline do these five stories fall? Oh, oh. so um, they're before. Yeah, they're before the first issue. Right? Yeah, I think Codename, which opens up Eventide, I think it says is about ten years prior. Yeah, before Snow the Dawn. So that's yeah, roughly ten years before. And then as you get into Virtuous Vices, Act One and Energy, they're a bit more closer to Snow the Dawn. Mm. Like, I think we've said before with it as well that when we spoke to you last, I'm sure we said about doing one shots, it was a good way of padding out what we'd done. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was definitely the case with this. We had uh, elements of the story which we would we weren't sure how because these stories are coherent, they do work within. But yeah. I mean, like it's. It's where would you put them or build up to yeah. explaining them uh, solidly yeah. in each issue, and they're not. They are. They're sort of. They were. It was a concept initially of the, how certain parts of the comic, which were, weren't so heavily explained in the normal issues, it was a way of us being able to step back and go, "If you got any questions about that, here it is." Here it is. Yeah. And they're kind of, they're sort of essential to it now. I think. Yeah. It's oh, been, yeah. Uh, whereas before we were like, maybe this would be good. Now it's kind of like. These make perfect sense, yeah. like being here. Like, <laughs> so it's good yeah. to have, like padded it out yeah. with those. And Ooh, the, the order, the, the order of the, if you read the, you know, if you read the even tied from the first story and you work your way across and then you jump straight into the main issues, it's all, yeah, like one timeline, I guess. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's yeah. what I was just about to say. But, the order of the even tied is so. Um, is, is put in timeline it's, order. It's chronological. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, good work. work. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Virtuous was pretty much all uh, all of Luke's kind of creation, to be honest. Um, I think Harry and I had a really, really, really loose idea. Luke uh, Luke had the idea. Nick's, Nick had a really loose idea. Harry had <laughs> no idea. I, I, I can't be credited for that that story in any way. That is, I I literally may have nodded or grunted in or, a or, or gestured, yeah, over over a point over some part of that story. Like when I read it, it was it was all new to me. So I, I think if anything, I'm I'm a editor would be a very generous term to give me on on that story. I'm, I'm like a proofreader. Um, but no, that's. I think that's the case with, with a lot of them. I kind of. It was like an opportunity. Like I, I say this, like I wanted more part in it. I'm perfectly happy with what it was. It's so bitter. About yeah, it. so bitter. <laughs> so bitter. Um, we have obviously there's parameters to, to meet, which need with like story-wise, like it's got to be, it's got to fall in place. But with Luke's one, I think you had quite a bit of. Um, of, of writing yeah. freedom, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I was from picking names to everything like that. I was, I was pretty much allowed to do what I wanted with it as long as it like stayed relevant to the uh, series. So I was, mm. I was, yeah, it was the end, the end, the end goal for it. So you, it had to end at a particular point. Yes, yeah, it did. Yeah, but, it had to lead into before that. Yeah, fair game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing I like to say about this. Uh, even tied as well and it kind of rings back to the turtles idw collection in a way that i don't know if you feel when you read through that that one of the things i like most about that series is the different artists throughout um yeah and the different styles and this uh the even type for me is it's so good that you've got carrie's fantastic art and then you've got um mark who did the art for mine and Stuart who did the one for um act one and it's i think it's 
the different artists is something great. So you, like Maya did all hers in pencil, the one who did Virtuous, and then the guy who did Act One Stewart, his is all these really huge, vivid colors. It's uh, right. Really and that's something that I think a lot of people will be drawn to as well if they pick it up. Uh, so it's, I think it's good that obviously Harry's been able to step back from uh, this and focus on the, the main issues. Um, and other artists have been able to come in, like they said, is to show off their talent as well. So it's, it yeah, I think, um, I think in, in terms of the storytelling for it as well, so um, like Virtuous and Vices kind of take place at the exact same time. And um, like for Vices, uh, Stuart, who, who did the art for us, um, we kind of talked to him about what we wanted in terms of style because mm -hmm. it, it was kind of written very loosely in terms of, uh, it was just kind of like, this is an issue a little bit about drugs but not about <laughs> drugs yeah. it was just like it had to be a little bit trippy and our point of reference for it the entire way through for that issue was um arkham asylum um which was just really kind of like like if you know Stu's work i don't know like we've got links to everyone in there so you'll be able to yeah, find right. your work if you do it's, it's all in the book yeah but um yeah Stu's work is very it lent perfectly to the to that story yeah. like when uh the moment we were putting stuff together and picking spots and thinking, oh, people like trying to organize what what was happening. I mean, we didn't really like, uh, we didn't give people stories. We let people take a pick almost. But I think Stu was the one I was most like adamant that he had to do that one because his, his style at work. Yeah. So it lent so well to that. And he also did an alternate cover for. Um, Virtuous, Virtuous yeah. which is in which is in the concept section at the back, and that's yeah. it's exact it's the exact same thing. He has like yeah. such a prominent style with his yeah. with his work. It, it had to be it had to be that one yeah. he worked on, like for sure. I don't I can't picture anyone else who yeah. would have done it. It just wouldn't have yeah. it wouldn't have worked the same. Yeah, and um, Jay Levang, who we had to um, uh, act one. It might help if we like tell you the order of the books because we're saying a lot of names. <laughs> <and> not <laughs> yeah. like, so, before I get, before I get to this bit, mixed up. Yeah, so the, the order of the book is um, Codename Act One. <laughs> we don't even know. Oh my God. Vices. Uh, <laughs> Energy. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, Act One um, was kind of a story that we would talk about the villains in Snow. And we were saying we'd quite like to give them a bit of a background, but not um, give them like loads and loads of detail, just kind of give them a brief almost like a snapshot of a what, nod yeah, yeah. Of, of what they're like and um i was quite confident and, and sure that i wanted it to be almost like a romantic story so it's kind of be about these two lovers that um kind of uh, are effectively doing their last like hurrah kind of thing mm. um and so when I, when we saw jay's art at comic con I said to Harry just about, I was like, I think that really suits the kind of mm. romantic but sinister vibe that I needed for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, Jay's work on that was really good. Um, and it was the same with Maya, like when Maya was doing Virtuous and we saw a couple of pages of that, the pencil work and the actual flow of the story in terms of panels just seems to work really well. Like Luke laid it out on the script. That's the, that's the longest one as well. Yeah. Um, right. But Luke, you did like such a great job of like laying it out in terms of just... Um, telling the story through uh, panels and building up like tension as well as just a, a, a general pace of it. So yeah, so, so everything in there was kind of, I say we were picky with everything, but we just... Well, we, we had like a, we had a good idea of how we wanted it to work. 
but we were quite happy letting people do their own thing. And I think because we picked a group of people with such different styles, uh, we we sort of we didn't know exactly what we were going to get. We we had a we had a good idea of how it would feel with with the particulars doing particular stories. So yeah, mm. I think um, I think the the choices were well made yeah, yeah. I, I agree and um, it's it's just a beautiful book like you were saying earlier it's it is always refreshing coming from a comic uh, consumer rather than makers standpoint to uh, you know see not only different stories but different art styles it's uh, it's just more fun I guess it's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know every few pages is a new surprise but uh, yeah this is really really cool one thing that really it was intriguing to me was on the very back cover there's a QR code that says check out our soundtrack oh yeah, yeah. the book has a soundtrack can you tell us about that yeah so um, one of our like friends is a uh, is a musician um, and I over a few drinks was talking to him about the eventide and I'd read it's always about alcohol I read somewhere that uh, this other book or comic book was talking about doing a soundtrack and I just thought that was such a cool idea and it's such an interesting concept I was like well we've got a graphic novel coming out and I just kind of said to him I was like do you want to do it as a bit of a let's see what happens didn't think you'd say yeah yeah <laughs> didn't really think it would be like a thing and then we kind of talked about it again a couple of days later and it became this uh, running theme and, and the guy we've got doing it, this guy called Chris Gwillian we got, it's a good name it's he has he has like a, a soundtrack name but the Gwilliam always makes me think. Like, this is completely <laughs> off tangent. Um, uh, Del Toro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd just say you are. Bit of uh, trivia for you. Yeah. Like, there you Carry on. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, I talked to him about it. Uh, he kind of said he, he saw it in this way that things within the Snow universe could have, like, specific themes. Um and that's what he'd do with his music is that as opposed to just giving characters themes, he would give like objects, for instance, in Lord of the Rings, the ring has a theme. And he thought oh, I could okay. see that with snow. Um, so we kind of did that and we got to hear the first track of it the other day for um, Energy, which is really, really good. And it was one of those things that both Harry and I were like, I have no idea what yeah. well, that I mean, sounds like. We, we toyed a long while back. I think it kind of been conversation when we did the very first issue. So I do mean a long while back. 2012. Yeah, yeah. Back when uh, we were infants. Young. Um, <laughs> we, we said before about posting posting uh, the comic on online and having it with an accompanying soundtrack or, or like, it's more, I think what Chris has done is technically more a score, isn't it? Yeah. We, and we'd, we'd thought, like I said before, we'd thought about possibly certain certain songs like that go well with, with certain reads mm. uh, and so it had been something we'd thought about a long while back but not really made a move on it yeah and when we did this there was enough like volume in the book to sort of put it with and I don't yeah. think it, it's a funny one because a lot of people we mentioned it go oh soundtrack for a book that's uh, yeah. I've, I've had, a, yeah, yeah I've had a lot of people be like when I've told them that kind of go you know how a book works right yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, it's a good idea, and you guys should definitely do it. We're seeing that more and more with our guests. A lot more people are doing that, and it's a great idea. Why not? Why not put a yeah. musical setting well, to I a think, book? I so think far, we haven't seen it well. work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, the argument I went for as well with it, when people were like, oh, do you know how a book works? It's kind of like, you know, music is a narrative thing anyway, isn't it? I mean, if you look back to like poetry or anything, it's all telling a story and, and music does the exact same thing. So I, I see no reason why they can't go hand in hand or complement one another entirely. So I, will, I thought the idea from the off, I was behind it. I was like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. And I think it's another thing, yet again, we've sort of, the tone of the comic is quite apparent when you read it. So we were quite like, quite confident if we give it to Chris he can come up with his own Thanks. assumptions on it mm -hmm. and that that I think has been the main focus of everything in this in the eventide is that it's very much uh, a, a, a free-for-all almost yeah for, yeah for we, people we, creative yeah we really give people creative freedom on everything they want to do um, in that's terms of like that's what's awesome about this. I'm sorry to uh, interrupt. I meant to oh, say something fine. earlier about that. But uh, the fact that, yeah, you do, in fact, give that creative freedom. Like, uh, I think Luke was just saying, you know, with Virtuous, he had just a couple details, but the rest was up to him. So, you know, he could bring something into the universe that you guys weren't originally thinking. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. just fantastic. It's awesome that creative control you give to everyone uh, who wants to be involved. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's kind of one of the bigger things that we stressed on this flight back from Norway. Harry and I were talking about it and we were saying, yeah, I, I think it's got to be what other people see. I think we can obviously set parameters that it's like you're in this world, you have to know that, that you know it's a dystopian kind of world. But other than that, you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, and I think that's always been an important thing for us, not just on the even type, but also moving forward with anybody else that we work with. It's always going to be a case of um, make sure you're doing what you want to do and, and, and telling it your way. Um, obviously, you can ask us questions and stuff but we're normally pretty open to to most things yeah we're not unreasonable so you you have the book coming out february 22nd uh, i'm sure it's going to be available online many different places are you going to have it in any uh, uh brick and mortar locations i'm not 100 sure what the plan is for stores in the states uh that's kind of our publishers comics uh, in the uk places that we're doing it will definitely be online through Dimfro Comics website, mm -hmm. um, we're talking about how to do it digitally through Comicsology. It's a lot to put in. Yeah, we're just I trying mean, to work out how. I don't know how long it would take to process through. Right? Yeah, so we're talking about the best way to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Norway as well. It's going to be on sale in the comic shop I work at. There you go, Norway. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well the, well, the best thing about this is that everyone involved is getting sent a bunch of issues. Yeah. To. Uh, to, to do with as they please yeah. you know if it gets cold they can burn the <laughs> <laughs> or, um, <laughs> but, um, oh, what? Yeah, what? anything goes so I say Luke will get a load he can sell them peddle them whatever <laughs> we'll, we'll get them everyone gets them so it's, yeah. quite, it's quite nice it's a very giving project yeah. that's awesome and we're all, yeah. we're all back together at, uh, there's another comedy con that I'm organising in Stavanger Norway and Nick and Harry are going to come over again so it'd be nice the whole I think pretty much everyone that's involved in this will be together mm. to, as well. Yeah. 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 Everyone. Yeah. It will be yeah. everyone. I'd thought so. Yeah. I would love yeah. to go to a con in the UK. That'd be so freaking awesome. to see how it is. I'd just love to go to the UK period. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I've never been. Never been. Never been. No, no. Have you guys been to the States? Well, well yeah. Nick, I've been. Nick, yeah. I've done Canada, but not, not America. So. Well, you, you know. probably got the nicer of the two. I yeah. Think. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it, it was nice. Anywho, so what about uh, what about uh, your guys' own personal information? I know you guys have Twitter handles, correct? Yeah, so uh, we've oh, got a yeah. snow website as well. Oh, nice. Let's hear them. 
Yeah, so the Snow website is snowtheuniverse.wordpress.com. Nice. Easy. Um, and yeah, I mean, our social handle's on there, but my Twitter is goody2212. And mine is Big Basford, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> but we do we do have a WordPress. So, um, yeah. what's what's the WordPress again? Snowtheuniverse.com. No, snowtheuniverse.wordpress.com. Yeah, and that's that's got all the handles and everything on there. Yeah, anyway, so. yeah, everything's nice. on there. There's also like loads of info on there about Snow the Dawn as well as the Eventide. Um, and it's not going to be a website that we're going to update regularly so probably follow us on our <laughs> social handles to yeah yeah get all that. it's a well-rounded uh overview of everything i think yeah so it, it's not like it's going to be it'll be updated when new things happen but it, yeah. it's not it, it sits on its own quite yeah. nicely yeah there yeah you go. Well, what about you luke do you have a twitter handle yeah it's just uh it's just luke bands and then on the end of bands there's just a y because uh thought it'd be cool to spice up my name with a bansy <laughs> <laughs> why didn't i think of that Oh, all right. Very cool. Well, we'll uh, put links, you know, to the website and to your guys' Twitter handle, your WordPress and all that on our website, and uh, we'll be tweeting the heck out of it. So uh, be looking out for that. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show. We always have a blast when you're on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's it's been fun. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media. Visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. Check out some of our our videos from our YouTube page. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on your contacts page. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Jack, or excuse me, Jake has a lot going on on there. Funny stuff, I think. Uh, I think it's funny. Yeah, I was running that Twitter into the fucking ground. Boxing dog was cracking me up. (laughs) Oh, the boxing dog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Old Tobias Canned. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to uh, check us out on YouTube. We got some stuff happening there. New video up there. Scoop Runyon at Ohio Con there getting an interview. So that's cool. Uh, And go to iTunes. Subscribe, people. Uh, Leave us a comment if you don't want to subscribe. These things help us out more than you know. And uh, here in just a little bit, we should expect Jake to uh, be over. We're about to record our project we were hinting at last week. It's a perfect time to bring this up, seeing as how we were talking about wrestling. But we were having... We're recording an event we're going to call the Candare Fantasy Fighting Championship, where we pick uh, eight random pop culture characters and we sit here and talk about if they were to go toe-to-toe, who would win until we have a named champion. And this is uh, probably going to be a paid event, because uh, you don't get WrestleMania for free, so why yeah, the hell should you get this for free? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's going to be like a, a, like a dollar, a dollar ninety-nine or some shit like that. So uh, we'll let you guys know that as it comes along. Again, it hasn't even been recorded yet, but I'm just so dang excited to do it. So uh, <laughs> Still thinking of how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I think that does it for this week. Until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. Nick Good. How are you? Luke Bands. Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You you met Luke Barnsey, right? (laughs) Luke Barnsey, yeah. See this movie. But wait, Timmy's blind. But what am I supposed to do? Why not try a podcast? Spirit! Spirit. All the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the Candare podcast. 
Platinum, a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! <laughs> oh, shit. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.